welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Hey everyone, good to be here today. How are you doing? You excited to be in church today? God is good. Love our time of worship. Uh, every morning, like Pastor Jesse said, it's so good to be with you guys. I am the network pastor, and uh, with a name like Champion, I, that usually evokes a response from people. You know, it's, everyone's like, man, that's, that's a pretty cool last name. I'll be in a store. Someone will see my name on the card or something. They always make a comment. You know, you, maybe you thought the same thing today, or maybe you're thinking like, look at that guy. How did he get the name Champion? I don't know. Uh, but it, it's fun to have a name like that. The only thing is like my first name, Don. I like, I kind of wish my parents would have gone a different route with the first name, uh, but I think they panicked uh, in the moment. And so I'm actually named, I'm a junior, I'm named after my dad. So, uh, and so Don, I just felt like it's a little old school name. I like it short, it's simple, but you know, that's the one piece I could change. And so I put a lot of thought in this. What would it be? What would I change it to? What could it be that would just make it all the better? And I came up with this. This is, this is it. You're going to want to just probably refer to me this uh, going forward. First name, the, <laughs> right? The champion. I mean, how great would it have been today if Pastor Jesse would have been like, hey, give it up for the champion. And you could have just gone wild and your expectation would have been like way up here and uh, excited and, and excited about what's happening. But I want to just take a minute to say uh, thank you to Pastor Jesse for giving me the opportunity to be here with you guys today. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I want to, I, he's not in the room today, but I want to just honor our lead pastor, Pastor Rob. I think it's pretty cool what we're doing this weekend, and he believes in our team and our staff. There's young uh, and younger and a little bit older guys that are all preaching this weekend across all of our campuses, and uh, it's a great opportunity for them to just develop and and uh, all of us get an opportunity to share what God has placed on our hearts about doorways, and uh, as you see that doorway right behind me. And uh, let me just share a little bit about me. I'm married. My wife, Jamie, couldn't be here today. She was at a wedding with her family. And I want to just throw a picture up of our, of our family here. Uh, this is Jamie. We've been married 16 years. You might have never met her. Maybe you have. She's been here a few times. And then Alexa and Andrew are two kids. Andrew's 14. He's actually here with me today. So we're having guys weekend. <laughs> And uh, my daughter Lexi, she's uh, ten years old, and uh, they're just they're just a blast. They're fun. Uh, that's my tribe. Those are my people. Um, and so I, I am just thrilled and excited. Every I think parenthood and being a husband, I think it's all like life's an adventure, right? You're just at an it's an adventure. And I don't know if anybody in here has like a ten year old daughter, but that's like a whole new thing, like in life. It's just kind of crazy. And it's, and I found that my daughter has like really strong giftings. And one of those giftings is like being dramatic. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a 10 year old like that, uh, little girl, but you're, and you're probably like, there's a few people nudging people on the, the aisle. I see it like, Hey, yeah, that's our daughter. Uh, but my, my daughter has a gift, uh, of being just 
overly dramatic sometimes. And I like to mess around with that. I'm a good dad, okay? Uh, but I like to have fun with it. And, and so uh, just recently, she was playing with a friend at, at their house, and they were outside, and uh, she, they had a, a couple glasses, and they dropped one outside on the pavement, and it just shattered to pieces. And uh, Lexi came home after spending time at her friend's house, and she came home kind of limping a little bit. And she said, Dad, uh, a glass fell on the ground and broke and shattered all over. And uh, it actually, uh, I think I, I may have stepped on a piece because I have a cut on my foot. And I thought, okay, well, you know, she's kind of limping. I thought she's really playing it up, being dramatic. I said, okay, well, let me do the dad thing and let me take a look. So I sit her down and I, I take a look at at her foot, and right on the heel, she has the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest little cut, and it looks totally normal. It looks like, hey, it's healing. It's already in the, already healing, so I do what any great dad is going to do, and I'm just like, honey, you're going to be fine. You're going to be good. Uh, you need to bring, bring the drama down, the kind of weepy, like, you know, uh, drama. Just bring it down a little bit, and you know what? It may take a day, but you'll, you'll start feeling better. You'll be able to walk on it normal and everything. And uh, as, as the day went on, the next 24 hours, she just was limping even more, getting more dramatic and kind of crying. And I come home from work that next day and come to find out she didn't do anything that she would normally do on a nice, sunny, bright day. She, she just kind of hung out inside and stayed off of her foot and everything, but she was still, dad, it's hurting so bad, you know, <laughs> drama, okay? Uh, and so she's, she's just crying. And, and so I said, okay, here, here's what I'll do. I'll take a look again. And as I look again at the cut, it hasn't healed, but it's actually just starting to get red all around the edge. And I think, you know what? There must be a piece of glass inside that little tiny cut. And so I started to, I, I said, I had a choice in that moment. I said, I could just be really comforting or I could have some fun with this. And so I turned to Andrew, who was in the room, my son, and I said, in the most dramatic, Way I said, son, we're going to have to do surgery on this foot. Can you go get a scalpel or a knife from the kitchen? Anything that'll work. And Lexi immediately just starts going crazy. And we just laugh a little bit. And I, I, I had to open up that cut. And turns out I couldn't even see it at first. But the most microscopic piece of glass had just gotten into her foot. And it got me thinking, that, that story just reminds me that sometimes the, it's the small things that make big differences in our life. It's little things sometimes that make the big differences in our life. It's the way we think. It's the way we uh, believe. It's the way we live out, uh, make decisions, some, some type of thing. But there are little things sometimes that make a big difference. Another one of those things, as it relates to doors, something probably you carry around all the time, and I grabbed this this morning and don't leave home without it, but it's simple. It's a key to my house. It's a key to my front door. No, you can't have it. You can't come over to my place, at least not today, maybe tomorrow. But this key, and the key is something little, but it opens big doors. You see, little keys open big doors in our life. 
And today I want to talk about the doorways that God puts in front of you because he's putting doorways, you see, at every point in your life and every part of the journey that he has little doorways for you to, big doorways for you to walk through. And he's given us the keys and he's given us the uh, boldness to be able to walk through them. And he's with us every part of the journey. And I'm reminded if you've ever been locked out of your house, you know that something so little makes a big difference. I've been locked out of my house before and I end up crawling through a window. You know, you're going around hunting for the one window that's locked. You know, when you're not smart enough to hide a key somewhere around your, your house or something, you're looking for that one window that's unlocked and it's never the lower window. It's always like the upper window. And you're like, I hope my neighbors aren't looking at me right now, like trying to figure out or, you know, uh, what I'm doing or anything. But you know that such a little thing makes a big impact. And little keys in our life open doors. They open doors for us. They, they open doors to the direction that God's leading us. They open doors to things he wants to do in us. They, they open doors to the potential that he has in our life. You see, God has a plan for each and every one of us. You know, his, his word is filled with promises for each and every one of us. I love that. That, that should excite you. That should say, uh, that, that should make you just excited about what God has in store for you. And these are doors that He's opening. The Holy Spirit is guiding us to. We're stepping to. And there's, there's, uh, those doors represent the potential in our life, the new opportunities that He does. The tough part is sometimes we don't know what's on the other side of the door. You see, every door placed in the journey of our life is an opportunity to press into what God has for us, to take a step further into what God has for us, or it's an opportunity to kind of go another direction and step away. You see, we have choices, and it comes back to the small little decisions or the way we think or the way we approach the door and the little keys that we have in our life that are going to help us follow what God's plan is. You see, I know we can go to throughout the scripture and read, we can read in, in Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, that God has plans for us and they're great plans. They're plans to prosper us, not to harm us, but to do great things for, through our life. And God has those same plans for each and every one of us. But the thing that I've found is that I sometimes have difficulty navigating them. I have difficulty finding when is the time to walk through the door and which door to walk through and what's the door that we should step into. And I don't know if you've ever heard someone talk about the potential that he's placed inside, that God's placed inside of you or the potential that you have. Potential's kind of interesting, really, when you think about it. I heard it growing up probably a few times. You know, you hear someone say, man, there's great potential. They're maybe talking about an attribute or maybe it's an employer. Maybe it's a parent or a family member in your life. I hope someone along the way saw some potential in you. If not, you need to tell your neighbor right now that you need a little encouragement. But someone saw potential in you and they probably said, man, that's great potential. Go for it. They called it out in you. I heard that a few times growing up in my life. Now, it was mainly from the lunch lady at my elementary school and the recess attendant because I loved food and I loved recess. And I didn't hear from my math teacher. I didn't hear from my English teacher, but the lunch lady, she saw the great potential inside me. 
see God's place potential inside of every one of us. And we can live our life trying to fulfill the potential that we see in ourselves, or we can live our life trying to fulfill the potential that God's placed inside of every one of us. And it's a distinct difference this morning because great potential doesn't equal God potential. God potential is greater in your life than anything. God's plan and promises are greater. And like that little small piece of glass, we have to desire, we have to have a thinking, and it's a small thing, but we have to have a desire to, to live God's plan out in our life. Because little, little keys open big doors. Sometimes I get frustrated, I don't know about you, about all the things that can keep me from opening the doors that God puts in front of me, that can keep me distracted. I think sometimes I get worried. You might be here too, and you say, yeah, worry and fear and doubt has kept me from walking through doors. And I know it's kind of left me standing here and frozen in time, and I'm not moving forward on this journey that God has for me, and I'm not stepping into those plans and promises that you're talking about today, and I I know that are in his word for me. Maybe sometimes you get stalled. We just get distracted in life. You know, we have such a noisy culture. We have so, so many things happening. We can get just, we can get stuck and lose sight of the dream that God once put in our heart, the vision that he's placed inside of you. Maybe you're someone that just, you feel like the busyness of your schedule has, has made your priorities just get all jumbled and mixed up and, and you've lost the, you've lost the kind of the right order of things to know, hey, that's where I need to be going. This is need to be doing. Or maybe this, I feel like sometimes we're just really good at hearing God and we're not as good as doing what he says. And we can't be followers of Christ that are just good at hearing what he's calling us to do, but not following it and doing it. We can be obedient. That's how we step through the doors that God has has placed in our life, the, the opportunities and the potential. And I know it can be scary because we can't see what's on the other side of the door, but Jesus is the key in our life. He has given us the strength and the power. I love that the scripture says that when I am weak, he is strong because that is the key for us as we walk through life day in and day out. We have a strength that comes from Christ. Check out a couple verses with me. Acts 10.35. Despite all of these things that kind of hold us back, here's here's what the promise is. Here's what God says. Acts 10.35. It makes no difference who you are, where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Man. It's, it's ready for you. No matter who you are, where you're from, it's not any plainer than that right there. The door's open. Go for it. God wants, God is cheering you on. God isn't a God that says, you know what? You got to do this, 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 and, and you got to get all these check marks complete. He, he said, I've paid the price. I've given grace and you can walk through the doors that I'm putting in front of you and step in full of faith. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask, you ask for. 
Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. There's a pursuit in those verses. I love reading that because there's, there's a pursuit and an, and an idea that we have to press in and we have to go after what God has for each and every one of us. And, and, and that, that is a call for us to say, let's be relentless. Let's go after what God has for us. Let's go after not just the great potential or the good potential that we see in the attributes and the qualities inside of us or even other people see, but let's go after the God potential. Let's go behind the door that he set up and he's placed and let's walk through it even though we can't see what's on the other side. It's easy to get distracted and miss those opportunities. Like I said, but if we look back through scripture, the Old Testament, the New Testament, God is faithful all the way through. We can look back even in numbers and God was putting doors up for people to walk through. The Israelites were some God's chosen people and he put a door for them to walk through. A few of them actually. You see, in the Old Testament, we read about the Israelites being led out of Egypt, out of slavery and being brought out and they were into the wilderness and God said, I'm gonna deliver you to a promised land. And in Numbers 14, I wanna just focus in on a part of this story. It's a big story in the Old Testament. But God is saying, listen, it's now time to step into the land of Canaan, the land that I promised you. And, and uh, I, Moses, he's, Moses is leading. Moses, he says, send out 12 spies to go, to go survey and check out the land. And he sends these 12 spies. They go for 40 days exploring, taking count of Canaan. Uh, Canaan. The 12 spies come back with a report. Uh, and 10 of them give a negative report. 10 of them do. That report spreads through the camp. Everyone believes that the 10 that come back and they gave this negative report that the battle is too big. The people that are in, inhabit this land already, that, that they can't conquer them, that, the, that they're not going to be able to uh, fight them in, in battle and take this land. Yes, it's rich with milk and honey, but they just are pessimistic. They're negative. They're just saying, I can't do it. And again, little things Little things open, little keys open big doors. But then we see there's a two. You might know the story, might be familiar with it. Caleb and Joshua are two of the other spies that are sent out, and they come back with a different report. They see the potential, and they have the faith to step into it. Here's what it says. Let me just read their response. When this negative report is spreading through the camp, this is what it says in Numbers 14, 6 through 8. It says, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They're just frustrated. I won't tear my clothing today if I get frustrated, okay? All right? It's my promise to you. You make the same promise back to me, okay? Are we good? We're good. And they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a, it is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. 
This is just, this is their response here. They're saying, listen, God, if he brought us this far, he's going to take us the rest of the way. He, he's going to carry us all the way through. But the problem was that the Israelites are living in between Egypt and Canaan. You see, they walked out of slavery, but they haven't walked fully into the promises and stepped fully into what God has. They're kind of in this in-between where they've stepped through one doorway, but they're scared to step through the next doorway. But God calls us and is calling them to step through that doorway. He's saying, listen, get prepared. I'm going to take you there. And they come back and they, they turn their hearts from God because they listen to this negative report. And Joshua and Caleb are the ones saying, wait, hold on a minute. Yeah, there's going to be battles. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, there's going to be uh, trials that, that we have to go through. But God is going to get us there. And the same thing is true for you and I. That, yeah, we walk in God's presence. We walk into salvation and we see that God has other doors in our journey and our faith that he is leading us to walk through different callings and visions and passions and things that he's asked us to do in our life. We have to put our trust in walking through those doors. The reality though is what happens in Numbers 14 is because there was a little thing little issue with the way the Israelites were thinking. You see, they even said, we should just go back to Egypt. We should go back to Egypt. See, they, had, they, they, they weren't thinking like sons and daughters of God. They were living in this in-between, and, and they weren't thinking like ones that had been redeemed like by the king, God eternal, the most high God, and he had, they'd already seen him do miracles. They're thinking like slaves. And God is saying, listen, step out into that. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. I think it's a little key. Condition yourself to see the opportunity over the obstacle. See the opportunity over the obstacle. So listen, little keys open big doors, right? We got that. That's something I just want you to remember today. You're going to not remember anything else, but you're going to say, little keys open big doors. You know, every time you grab your house key or you grab your car key or whatever, you're going to, you're going to remember that little keys open big doors. You see, we can't fathom all that God has for us. We have to let our faith rise up. So what do we do? How do we do this? And I want to just give you a couple keys that will help you walk through doors. They're, they're keys that I found. They're little things. They seem simple, but they're sometimes harder to follow through. So let me give you these two keys. The first was this. We have to live in a confidence that comes from God. We have to live in a confidence that comes from God. And here's what I mean. If we look at Numbers 14, Joshua and Caleb pipe up. They pipe up not because they have some just uh, special revelation or they know something that no one else does, but they pipe up because they, they've witnessed and they have a confidence in God. They have a confidence that comes from God. Really, they had their identity in the right place as sons or daughters of God. That's the same thing for us. We have to work through our identity and who God's calling us to be. And you see, I think sometimes that's pretty hard in our culture, especially these days. We're so image-driven, right? We have social media. We have the highlight reel that happens there. We have the image that we portray to other people and, the fit, and maybe the mask that we put on. And uh, we do all this. We have this image that we try to upkeep. But God's not concerned with your image. He's concerned with your identity. 
And that's the same thing that, that we all are walking through and we all have to figure out and that our identity um, needs to come from Christ. Now, I think this kind of scares you, might scare you, could scare us a little bit when we think about it. Because identity can sound like, sound like man, I got to change who I am. No, God's gifted you. He's put traits inside of you. He's put things faith inside of you and, and uh, your personality, he's built you that way. And he, has the, he wants to bring the best out of you. You see, finding your identity in Christ isn't about changing who you are. It's about surrendering who you want to be. We got to surrender who we want to be. You see, we, we let go of our plans. We let go of, of what we want. And we say, God, I'm giving up the good or the great potential for the God potential in my life. I want, behind, I want what's behind that door. Jesus prayed, paid the price for us. We are now sons and daughters. So we should think like that. We should think as heirs to the kingdom of God. That should elevate our expectation. That should raise our faith. That should give us a little bit of boldness. It should make us like stick our chest out a little bit and be like, you know what? Monday, bring it on. Let's go. I'm ready to go into that workplace. I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to, to be a positive light in my school or my workplace. I'm ready to, to take on when the challenges come. I know that I'm not alone and I know that I have uh, the, the best uh, strength behind me, and that is Christ each and every day. Jesus, he's that key that helps us to walk through that door, gives us the strength. So don't be concerned with your image more than your identity. Focus on having a confidence that comes because you know that you're a son or daughter of Jesus Christ and the king. He's called you, you're an heir to the kingdom. Second thing is I'll just challenge you with this. And we see this in Numbers 14 too. We see it. I'll challenge you to live in a faith, live in faith and a trust in God. That will help you walk through doors. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Joshua and Caleb, they, they just had a different way to think. They, they, they just saw things a little bit differently. They had a track record that they could say, you know what? God did it once and he's going to do it again. And we all have that same opportunity. We all have that same uh, opportunity to step forward in faith and through the doors that we can't see on the other side. Just yesterday, my son spent most of his Saturday um, building a zip line in our backyard. Homemade, sketchy rope, sketchy pulley, mom's out of town, right? So they work, him and some of our neighbor kids, they just work on this like all day. Calls me out in the afternoon. Check this out, dad. One tree to the next, you know, I'm like, okay, are you going to run into that tree? And so he tells me, you know what? We built it and then someone just had to go for it. like. They have a ladder up in the tree, like 15 feet into a tree. And listen, mom's not home. It all, it all, it's all good. Someone just had to go for it the first time. You know what? Sometimes I think when we're standing on this side of the door, it's really comfortable. It's really easy. But the reality is that God's pushing us, wants to push us forward. He didn't call us to stay stagnant or still. He called us to push forward and go through the next door. You know what? When we can't see everything that's on the other side, it feels a little bit risky. But you have to make that first leap and that first 
that first jump and that first step forward. You have to go and say, you know what? God's given me the key to unlock that door. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk right up to it. And I know that my confidence comes in Christ. And I'm going to have the faith to go up and grab that handle and walk through that door with boldness. I love the, this story too, because you see a contrast here. You see a contrast between the 10 who went out and the, the other two. And everyone believed the 10. The t- no one at first listened to the two. If we see Joshua's life over the course of numbers and we see his, his story even in the, the book of Joshua, we see that he went from being a servant of Moses. He was a servant. And God, over and over, he lived with a faithfulness to God and doing what God asked him to do and walk through the door that God asked him to do to where we get to Joshua chapter one and we see he moves from being Moses' servant to his successor. He moves from one, one part to another part and that's what God calls us all to do to walk through those doors to get to that other level. What report are you gonna believe? You see, God doesn't call us to believe the 10. He wants you to believe the two. God's calling you to speak out and live with a faith and a boldness to speak out like the two and not speak out like the 10. Jesus is the key that unlocks the doors. Little keys open big doors. Let me land the plane like this, literally. I'm gonna talk about flying. I'm on a plane quite often. I travel. We work with churches all across the country. It's an honor and a privilege to minister to pastors and leaders. So recently I was, tra- I was traveling between two beautiful rainy cities, Portland and Seattle. It's a very short flight. But as I was uh, taking off from Portland, it was rainy for three days. I mean, just beautiful. No, not really. It was rainy, overcast, gross, you know, gross. But, you know, that's a beautiful part of the country. There's mountains. There's, there's things I couldn't see while I was there because it was just so cloudy and uh, rainy the whole time. But as we took off, we eventually got above the cloud cover and we're just flying along. And I wasn't really looking out the window or anything until the captain came on and said, hey, we're about to descend. And if you look out, you'll see some of the mountains and the Cascades uh, out to our left. And so uh, I just looked out the window and I got the most beautiful picture. And it was the, the tops of the mountains just sticking through. You see the, the cloud cover, once we got above the, the clouds, it was just like a, it was like a big, soft, pillowy floor. Have you ever seen that? It's just like, I felt like I could run out there, you know, just about, no, I would fall 30,000 feet, but I just felt like it was beautiful. And I got this picture that I see out the window of these beautiful mountaintops. And I do what you do anytime these days. You're like, I need to take a picture of that because that is beautiful. So I grabbed my phone. I'm like, put it out the window. I'm like, I'm going to, I didn't actually put it out the window. I put it up to the window. I take a picture. I look at it. I'm like, that doesn't do it justice. What God has created is so beautiful. What he's created is so beautiful. And what, what it reminded me of at that moment is that from below, I could have never seen what was up there. You see, God has a perspective that's just different than ours. 
he sees the highest mountain peaks and he sees the beauty of your life and he sees the things he's called you to and he sees what's on the other side of the doorway and his perspective is different. And as I captured, as I thought about that, I thought, you know what? Here we are so many times in life and we're kind of down below the clouds. We see the dreary, the difficult, the diff, the rainy, the... And God sees this view from above and he sees the greatness he's put inside of you and he knows what's on the other side of the doorway. And you know what? God's plan is always better than your perspective. So walk through the doorways he's putting in front of you. And maybe you've been stagnant, you've been caught, you've been, you've been just standing still in your faith. Now's the time and now's the point to reactivate and say, let's go, God. Where are you taking me? What do you want me to do? Start praying and asking him, God, what do you want to show me? What do you want to do in my life? What vision do you want me to step into? What are you calling me to do? What difference are you asking me to make? in this world. Let go of worry, doubt, fear. Get that fresh vision. Be confident. confident. Reprioritize your schedule if you need to. To say, God, I want to put you first and pursue the doors he's putting in front of you. Let me pray with you today. Will you bow your heads? God, give us the boldness to walk through doors Walk through doors that, God, sometimes are scary because they mean that we have to change. They're scary sometimes because it means that, God, we can't see what's on the other side and we have to step out in faith initially and say and put our trust in you. But, God, I pray that you give each and every one of us the boldness this morning to step confidently through the doors because we know that you are uh, our Savior. You because of Jesus Christ that we have, we can walk with a boldness and an authority because we're your sons and daughters. So God, I pray for each and every person in this room. God, I don't know where they're at, but you do. And God, you know what doors you're asking them to walk through and what challenges and things you're putting in front of them. And God, I pray that they would choose to walk boldly through that door. I pray that God, they would hold on to the key, the little key that opens the big door. Jesus, we know that, God, your plans are for good and to prosper, so we grab hold of that today. In Jesus' name, amen.